All right, now I'm on. Good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas. Uh, if you are... If you're a first-time guest, my name is uh, Aaron, uh, teaching pastor for Riverwood, and that video that you just saw was from Josh and Hillary Smith. They are our uh, missionaries to Cambodia, and uh, every year here at Riverwood, we uh, do an impact gift at Christmas time. And uh, this year, uh, for the very first, very first time ever, we set a goal. Normally, we just pick a project, and however you know God moves the hearts of His people, that's what we donate, and we just seek to be generous. But this year, we had a goal of raising seven thousand dollars. As you heard in the video, Josh and Hillary had a goal. Of, of trying to reach 2,000 Cambodians. The goal was to give each of them a gift, and they estimated that gift to cost about $2.50, and then they wanted to provide everyone a meal. And that was going to be another dollar. So $3.50 per person. So you put that times 2,000 people, and that was $7,000. And so we thought, you know what? Let's go for it. Let's just see if, if God would move in our hearts. Well, then this past week, we heard that they'd been going out to the villages. They didn't even get to all 15 that they had planned. They'd only gotten to about 12. And as you heard in the video, they got to um, uh, about over 2,500. And I'm thinking, well, that's great. That's fantastic. But our, our funds will only cover, you know, those 2,000. But you guys moved. Tonight is a thrill to get to announce that through you guys, we were able to send off to them $8,026.39. Yeah. So to every single one of you who gave, whether you only were able to give $3.50 and bless one person, or you were able to give much more and bless hundreds of people, thank you so, so much. A number of the people that were coming to, to these events, they are, are firm in their Buddhist faith, and yet so many of them feel so lost and, and, and confused. And, and they're coming and they're hearing about Jesus for the very first time. And for some of them, this is the first time they're hearing about hope. And so it is so exciting. So thank you guys so much for helping bless Josh and Hillary and their ministry uh, and, and able to impact so many uh, people. Well, for Advent, for those of you who are first-time guests uh, with us tonight, we've been doing a series called Christmas Clothes. And uh, it, it's kind of fun to get to greet tonight and watch so many of you walk in because here at Riverwood, most Sunday mornings, we're, we're slightly as an informal church in our clothing and so I don't get to see you guys all dressed up like this. Uh, it's like you guys knew that my sermon was going to be titled Decked Out. Because some of you, you, you dressed up. You got decked out for tonight. Uh, what we've been doing in this Advent series is we've been going into the Bible, primarily the book of uh, Genesis, and we've been looking at different stories that included clothing. But what we've been seeing is how that clothing points to a deeper spiritual reality, something that happens to us on the spiritual level when we put our faith in Jesus. And, and tonight, we're going to finish that up and do the same. But rather than go to the book of Genesis, we're actually going to go to the Christmas story. Now, I, I'm pretty sure the majority of you know what clothing are in the Christmas story. In fact, kids, I know you're on Christmas break, but I'm going to test you in a moment, I'm going to read a verse out of the Christmas story in Luke 2, but you're going to notice on the screen that there are blank lines, and you're going to need to shout out the answer, and that answer is our clothing for this evening. So, Luke 2, this is verse 7, all right? Kids, you ready? And she, this is Mary, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in... See, I knew you guys knew it. And she laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. I right, see you guys knew the answer. You knew the clothing. 
it was swaddling cloths. But now let me ask you, what in the world are swaddling cloths? Turns out back in Jesus' day, uh, midwives would take just strips of cloth and after the baby is born and they'd clean the baby off, they would wrap them in these different cloths. It wasn't just one big blanket. It was strip after strip after strip. Now, there were a number of reasons for doing that. First, the, the baby has been, you know, in this womb. And so to come out into the world, and it just probably felt so crazy. And so it made it feel snug and a little more safe. Also, to go from the warmth of, of mom's womb now out into the world where it's cold, this was to help keep them warm. But I also learned something this week that I thought was very interesting. That, that the ancient Jews would straighten the baby's legs and put their arms next to their side and wrap them up, thinking that that would help them to grow properly. They didn't think the baby should remain in a fetal position. They'd straighten them out. So that means baby Jesus probably looked like a, a little, you know, mummy. You know, he's, he's all, you know, wrapped up. Maybe, you know, if he learned how to walk, you know, he'd be a penguin or something. You know, they, they wrapped him up in these strips of cloth. But let me ask you, was there something special about these strips of, of cloth, these swaddling clothes? No, there, there was nothing special about them. They, this is what most babies got to, to wear. These were their first clothing. There was nothing really special about the cloths themselves. And yet, they're famous. Here we are, 2,000 some years later. And I'm even to put a test to you kids, and you know the answer. These clothes are famous. Ladies, I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you are invited to a fancy gala. Now, if you're married, it's up to you whether you invite your husband along or not, but you get to go to this gala and you are told that you need to wear a black dress. So you go shopping for a dress and you decide to buy this dress. Now, some of you may look at that and go, that's fancy. Others of you go, there is no way in the world I would be putting that on. All right, just go with me on this, all right? This is the dress you decide to wear. How, how much are you willing to pay for it? F $50? Well, this dress actually sold at auction back in 2013, just 10 years ago, for $360,000. Now, I would have to sell my house, both my cars, probably my little pathetic baseball card collection, and my left kidney in order to afford this dress. Sorry, honey, this, this, it's not going to be yours. I, why was this dress so expensive? Because it was worn by Princess Diana. In 1985, President Ronald Reagan and his wife Nancy hosted this big gala of which Prince Charles and his wife, Princess Diana, came. And after the dinner, they held this big formal dance. Now, not only did Princess Diana be kind and polite and dance with President Reagan, but I saw photos online of her dancing with some other famous celebrities of the day. Some of you might know the name Tom Selleck of Magnum P.I. fame. She also danced with Clint Eastwood. But the most famous dance of the night was her with John Travolta. Apparently, this dance was so memorable the dress got renamed the Travolta dress. Now, I'm sure that some famous designer made this dress. I'm sure the finest of materials were put into it. And so when it was purchased in 1985, I, I suspect it already cost a heavy sum. 
but it did not cost $360,000. And, and even if the greatest woman in your life put on this dress, looked absolutely amazing in it, and then it went up for auction, it probably wouldn't go for $360,000. The reason it went for that amount is because a princess, a famous princess, wore this at a famous event and danced with a famous man. And thus the dress has immense value. Its value is because of who wore it. The swaddling cloths that went around Jesus were just cloths. And yet, if they were put up for auction today, they would be worth millions upon billions upon trillions. No one could afford them because these simple little cloths wrapped the king of the universe, God incarnate, the one who was named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The meekest of clothing became worth more, worth more than even life itself. And that baby grew to become a man who died on a cross, rose again from the dead, and now offers to humanity spiritual clothes that are worth more than life itself. Two chapters after Luke 2, the, the Christmas story. In Luke 4, Jesus is now an adult. Jesus walks into the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth. He's walked in there multiple times. But this particular time, he walks in, and, and he's offered the opportunity to read from a scroll. And he reads from Isaiah 61. And as he sits there in the synagogue and all the eyes are on him, he looks there at Isaiah 61, and he reads just the first two verses. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. As Jesus rolled up that scroll, sets it aside, he looks at the people and says, this has now been fulfilled in your presence. In other words, what he is saying is that these words written by the prophet Isaiah some 600 years prior to that moment and he is now fulfilling them because he is the one whom the spirit of the Lord has come upon. He is the one who's been anointed to bring good news to the poor. He is the one who's been sent to bind up the brokenhearted. He is the one to bring liberty to those who are in captive to their sin. Jesus fulfills this. He is the Messiah, the baby who came to save that is why he is called Emmanuel, God with us. It's why the angel told Joseph, you shall name him Jesus, because the word Jesus means God saves. This is why we celebrate Christmas. This is not just a holiday for family, not just an excuse to eat good food. This just isn't a day for us to exchange presents and have fun in that. Ultimately, this is about the one God the Son, 
who set aside his godness to take on human flesh for you. I think Isaiah, being, being led by God's spirit to write these things down, got, got so excited thinking he's getting a glimpse of the Messiah who's going to come 600 years later. He gets to see just from a distance the one that the spirit of the Lord is going to come upon, the one who's going to free the captives, the one who's going to do all these things. And in his excitement, he writes verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress. And as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. You notice there at the end, the wedding, a bride and a bridegroom. I, I like weddings. Apparently, I'm a really strange pastor for that. I've talked to so many pastors who say, I hate weddings, but I like funerals. And their excuse is, people complain at the wedding, but no one complains at the funeral. I, I'm the opposite. I love weddings. I, ha I have a number of reasons why I like weddings. It is an absolute honor to get to stand on that stage before the bride and the groom. One of the things that I enjoy so much is seeing these two be decked out. If you've been to an American wedding, you'll know, notice no one else wears white. Only the bride. I mean, her bridesmaids, they'll, they'll wear, you know, really nice dresses. They have their hair done, makeup, but no one else wears white because that is for the bride so that she stands out. And, and even the groom, even if his groomsmen have, you know, tuxes that are similar to his, there's usually something that distinguishes him from them because they play an important role. This day is beautiful. This day is special. They have a unique role, and so they wear their best. Isaiah is saying, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you realize that the Spirit of God has come upon this Messiah, if you realize Jesus has come to free you from captivity to your sin, if you've put your faith in the story, then you are like the bride who has been adorned with the finest jewels. You are like the bridegroom who is decked out with the finest threads because you have been clothed with the garments of salvation. You have been covered with the robe of righteousness. You may really like the sweater you have on right now. You might really feel pretty in your Christmas dress. Maybe if you're wearing a tie, you feel handsome. Maybe tomorrow you get to unwrap a present and there's going to be some new piece of clothing you're going to be really excited about. But I am telling you, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, not even a dress worn by a princess that compares to the spiritual clothing that God's people are given. If you are in Christ, if you have given your life to Jesus these are your spiritual clothes. And nothing can compare. And so by all means, tonight and tomorrow, enjoy the time with family. I know sometimes it can be hard and awkward, but I, I hope it really is a beautiful time. I hope you get to enjoy some really good food. I hope you get to honor someone and giving them a really meaningful present. I hope you get the moment 
where you unwrap something and you realize just how much someone might love you. But no matter how good all those things might be or how disappointing some of those things might be, at the deepest core of who you are, if your faith is in Jesus, you are decked out like no one else. But if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, you, you've not put your faith in this. Because Christianity just seems weird. The whole story just seems bizarre. Now that's for my folks. That's for those people. But I don't want to be odd for God. That's just not for me. Tonight, God says it is. It's for you too. He is inviting you. He doesn't want you to be captive to anything in this world. He wants to set you free. He doesn't want you to be in spiritual poverty. He wants to enrich you through himself. He doesn't want you to be a spiritual orphan. He wants you to become adopted by his heavenly father. He came for you. And he wants you to take your ragged robes and exchange them for the garments of salvation. When people realize that the story of Jesus, God the Son, taken on human flesh is true, when they realize that he grew to be a sinless man but to go and die in the sinner's place, they often find themselves wanting to pray. And so if, if that's you right now and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I just pray for anyone who's here, whether they're here because of an invitation, they're here because they saw a newspaper ad, they're here because of something that they saw online. Whatever the reason is, you brought them here so that they could hear this message, that they would hear that you love them, Father, that you, Jesus, came for them. You didn't come just to be a good example. You didn't come just to, to uh, show us a better way. You came to give us life. You came to give us the Father. You came to give us yourself. And because of your actions through a cross and your power to come out of a grave alive, you give us robes of righteousness. You want to clothe us with your grace. You want to cover us with your righteousness. So Father, I pray that right now you would hear the prayers of your people and the person who's for the first time confessing their sin, giving their life to you, would you hear them now as they pray? Heavenly Father, there are a lot of people who live in this nation, that live in this state, that live in this region, that have heard this story. They know that you are a God who is out there. They, they even might know and believe that, that your son came to this earth. They, they might even know not only the Christmas story, but the Easter story. But if they're honest with you and themselves, they have not allowed this to become the core of their identity. This has just been sort of a side thing. They're living still for themselves and, and they're trying to wear their own sort of clothing. They're not being covered by Christ. They're being more covered by themselves and they keep your cloak in the closet. Father God, I pray that right now you give them the courage to walk to your closet, to take your robes of righteousness and allow that to be put on them, that that become their identity, that that become who they fully are, that they wouldn't be enticed by the lies of the world, that they try to offer something else, that instead they would let you be the definition of who they are. Because I believe, God, you love them deeply and you want to do great things through them. So Father, hear them right now as they pray and rededicate their life to you.
lastly, Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who proclaim the name of Jesus. All of us who know that the spirit of the living God was upon Jesus, that he came to set the captives free. And we are thankful for that because you have set us free of our sin. You can heal us of our brokenheartedness. You can come in and do what you need to do and what only you can do. God, would you help us to let you be what defines us, to let you be what people see, that we would make our lives not about ourselves and our own comfort. We'd ultimately make it about you first and foremost. Because God, I believe that it is in you we will find our greatest joy. And I want that for these people. Whether this is the only time they come or this is just the first of many, that they would see that you know them, you love them, you forgive them, and you want to work through them. So God, help us this Christmas to worship you because of who you are and what you've done. That as we sing and proclaim, we just merely echo what the angels have already said. That you, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, have come into this world. And this goodwill has come to all of mankind, including us. So Father, hear us as we sing, hear us as we proclaim, hear us as we pray, hear us as we worship you this evening and all through this Christmas. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.